but some schools are so small that they just have to do eight man but there's leagues for it all over sure so. we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a minute too right now on the phone mark malone from nbc sports nbc sports radio former nfler joins us on the phone mark what do we know or don't know after week one sometimes i think we know less after week one than what we thought we did going into it you read my mind. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, uh, in, in today's game, for whatever reason, coaching staffs and the way the salary cap works, these guys feel like there's more value uh, in entering the season with uh, a roster full of healthy starters. So they don't play much uh, in the preseason. Uh, there's not a lot of uh, contact that goes on at training camp. So um, I'm, I'm kind of of the mind that you almost have to wait until the first month of the season is over to get a pretty good gauge of what's going on in the National Football League. And, so I would tend to agree with you. I don't know if we know a lot. I mean, for instance, uh, you know, when you watch uh, the Jets and, and the Detroit Lions, is Detroit that bad? Are the Jets that good? I don't know. I've got to see a couple of more games before I make a decision on that. Talking with Mark Malone from NBC Sports and NBC Sports Radio. I, who wins in the, like, I, the Cleveland-Pittsburgh game the other day that ends in a tie? Is it time to wrap? Is it time to end the tie, Mark? I, I can't. I just. I, I know this is a ridiculous question, and it's probably like I only get a few minutes with you, but like I can't take it anymore. Like they used to be like super cute, you know, like you'd see one like, oh, wow, they tied. Ha <laughs> ha. That's funny. But now it's just annoying because it's like I watched this whole game and for what? Like they're going to go off the field. and That's it. Like we can't come up with a better way to do this. I would agree with you. Uh, you know, to, to to prepare all week long and spend three and a half hours playing a football game and have it, uh, you know, end in a tie doesn't seem like the uh, the right way to handle things. And I don't know what system you use. I mean, do you use a college football system where you know you start at the twenty-five or the thirty-yard line and give everybody a possession? Or I, I'm not sure how you fix that. To me, and I know player safety has become this big issue now in the National Football League. But uh, to me, uh, just keep on playing play regular, you know, go to a second overtime if you have, and I think they've done that in the past as well, but uh, I agree with you, I, I don't know what benefit uh, there is to, you know, ending a football game in a tie, it creates some issues uh, with some of the division stuff and tiebreakers when you get to the end of the football season as well, which makes it even more complicated, uh, but I, I would love to see the competition committee address that and find out a way to finish these games with a winner. I've never quite figured out why they start them at the 20 in overtime. I think that's ridiculous. I think you should start them at about the 40. I think you started at the 40, and then you actually have to get yourself into field goal range, right? You know, you actually have to get there. And, and you know, in the NFL, sometimes 40, some people can hit it from out there, no problem. They can, you know, if you talk about McManus out in Denver, he'll probably bounce that thing through, and it'll split the uprights from 65 yards. But whatever, everybody wins. But the the you know it, it's just to me like that would be the way to do it and then you're eliminating you're also eliminating the punt and the kickoff returns stuff like that in the overtime as well so alternate the possession start it at the forty and, and move on yeah it's not the greatest thing in the world but you know if it's not the playoffs at least your regular season game isn't going until four forty five five o'clock. Well, you make a good point, but you know I'm a little bit old school, and uh, I think kickers ought to play soccer. I'd like to see it as decided by some guys to actually play a game of football. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I listen. It, there, there's there's a lot of ways to do things, and I mean, you take the Pittsburgh Cleveland game too, and I mean, you can you can lay some of that responsibility, for instance, on Hugh Jackson. I mean, they hadn't won a game, and and well, I mean, they were only 16 last year, and you know he's playing for the field goal as opposed to being a little bit more aggressive and. I understand you. You know you you risk the ball, for instance, if you're trying to score a touchdown in that situation, as opposed to allow your kicker to win the game. But then you have a guy on the left side of the offensive line uh, in the field goal protection who screws up the you know his technique and 
allows penetration, and JT Watt goes ahead and blocks it, and there we are. We're, we're in a tie again. So I don't know if there's um, – I mean, we could argue all day long as to what system you may or may not want to use, but I would agree with you wholeheartedly. I'd like to see the game end with a winner and a loser. I do have a really important question to ask you, Mark. I need you to walk me through something. I need you to walk me back to a play in your career because for the longest time you were a trivia. You were a trivia. You were a trivia answer, and the trivia mm-hmm. answer was uh, you had the Steelers team record for longest reception ever, a ninety-yard touchdown. How did you end up with a ninety-yard yeah. touchdown reception? <laughs> well, when I was drafted by the Steelers, I had the fastest forty time on the team, so I had great speed. Uh, we went into Seattle one year. Uh, Bradshaw was a starter. I was a backup. And uh, we had a lot of injuries at wide receiver. And they had really two wide receivers healthy. And then in pregame, Calvin Sweeney, who was uh, opposite John Stallworth, ended up having several cc's of blood drained out of his knee. And they said, oh, he can't go. Chuck Noll came to me and said, listen, you know the routes, you know the adjustments, you know the coverages, you got great speed, you're playing wide receiver today. We don't have anybody else to put out there. And uh, I happened to line up wide one time with uh, Stallworth in the slot to the right side. And uh, they played press man-to-man, and I happened to beat the guy on a, on a good move on the line of scrimmage, and I looked back, and here comes the football, and all I could think of is, God, don't drop this thing. <laughs> and I uh, ended up catching it and went down the sideline in 90 yards. So my uh, my stat line is one for one for 90 and a touchdown, and that was the end of my wide receiver days. Nice. <laughs> That's so bad. So bad. Mark Malone from NBC Sports and NBC Sports Radio. Find him on the NBC Sports Radio app. Mark, thank you very much. We'll talk to you again soon. Guys, my pleasure. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the football. Thanks. Take you camera. too. Mark Malone from NBC Sports and NBC Sports Radio here on the B-List Daily. That's-